0: Green Giants Podcast, episode number one hundred and fifty. Here we go, boys. My name is Farhad. I'm your host, and I'm joined by my handsome and powerful co-host Giovanni and Sam. What's up, boys? You guys ready to rock and roll?
1: Let's fucking go, yeah.
2: What's up? Yeah, let's do this. This is, yeah, this,
1: is well, this this isn't a kid this isn't a kids show anymore, baby. Let's fucking yeah. go.
0: I mean, it feels like, feels like once, once the weather changes, and here in Chicago it's nice and gloomy and, and, and rainy, and it's early in the morning, uh, I feel like this is it. The this, this season is about to start. Um, of course, it would, have, it would have started already. We actually, uh, as UFNs, fans, we celebrated the, the famous nine years since the first game at Juventus Stadium, uh, which was the win against Parma. But we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that a little more um but you know crazy times and the season hasn't started yet so we uh we have a lot still a lot to talk about but you know it's it's it will be more of a free flowing podcast today we're going to talk about stuff that kind of pops up um yes thank you uh, Giovanni is writing in an internal chat to get the business out of the way which we will uh, producer Giovanni we-
1: Producer Jalani is keeping this the
0: ship uh, on 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 track.
1: I'm 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 ready to go here. Like I'm I'm ready to rock and roll. You have got to get the business, ready to go. All right, let's, so we can
0: get going here. Where can people get on us? Let's get the business out of the way. You can listen to us on Spotify, which is my preferred method for, for podcasts. Sorry, Apple Podcasts. You guys haven't updated your platform in like ten years. So there's a new boy in town. So Spotify, really happy that our podcast is on Spotify. Uh, SoundCloud, of course, iTunes, and Pocket Casts. Ways to reach us is Twitter at Podca- uh, Podcast still at Turin Giants if you want to participate in our merchandise. Instagram at UVEP, uh, Instagram is at Turin Giants Podcast and at Turin Giants. I know it's confusing. Check out the website for merchandise, turinggiants.com. Marchesio shirts have been restocked you don't want to miss it i already sold a bunch uh thank you thank you yeah thank you all for for purchasing i know it's a um tough time to shop right now but you know including giovanni and sam you guys both showed me so much love on this release and um i can't thank you enough with every purchase of a Marchesio or il, il principino t-shirt you get a free uh Piero sticker which i will put on the website later giovanni already has one giovanni officially has the first one so uh and he loves it and giovanni is, is a is a is a man who's hard to please so i was really happy that he loved it and i'm just going no, to interject man this is
2: actually really cool i'm i'm, I'm very excited it's the first one so it's fuck it's it's dope cuz i remember actually this picture you know the panini sticker collections that you have when you're a kid I, I actually had one that was Juve dedicated and it was, I think this may have been, the, what, 93, 94 team or something like that. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I it's actually, I, I saw somewhere that um, this is the anniversary when Del Piero debuted for the team. I, I don't want to give you wrong information, but I know uh, Maurizio from around Turin, he um, he posted an anniversary. So, yeah, I mean, this, this, this uh, Del Piero... This Del Piero stick is really dope. I, I I urge you guys to check it out as soon as I put it on the website. TurinGiants.com. What's up, buddy? The anniversary being today
1: as we're recording this podcast on September 12th, Saturday, September 12th. I think 12th, it was, was
0: uh, yesterday or the day before, yesterday okay, or something. Okay.
1: Okay. Um, but yeah, no, uh just uh, just gonna chime in here. We're we're not uh, we're not the only ones who love uh, who love the shirt and who have shown support, Giovanni and I. There's uh, there's a certain uh, there's a certain uh, there's a certain special someone who, 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 who as i understand it is has, has also has also uh, has also taken a liking to the t-shirt so some, some little, little 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 teaser am i allowed to, am i allowed to tease that bud
0: i mean you already did what am i gonna do it's a free country but yeah something something special is in the works hopefully uh all right guys um i know it's it's let's get down to business uh but before we do 150 episodes I want to shout out to everybody who's been my co-host throughout the years. We were we've been here since 2013, which is like fascinating. We started just like like three or four dudes uh in someone's bedroom just like doing the after show. Uh the idea came to me after a friend of mine who's who's a Real Madrid supporter. He jumped on a podcast in like 2013 with the Real Madrid podcast. And I was like I've got a group of dudes. We should totally do that. And you know, we had this you know ghetto ass uh mike hooked up and it it was it's always been fun and we've come so far and now you know shout outs to saeed and and matt and christian everybody who's been down from the beginning and um i wanted to shout out the the guys from reddit reddit has an awesome juventus page a lot of knowledgeable guys talking you know talking juve and um they always always showed support and twitter and everybody so 150 episodes i'm not going to get stuck on it too too much it's a, it's a great achievement and it would be nothing without you guys and the co-hosts and the listeners so thank you all thank you all i mean it truly mean it let's get to business Where's suarez what's happening <laughs> I, i'd like I'm, to know i'd I'm, like I'm to, starting know. to think i'm starting to think we've been duped
1: i would like to I, I mean i think that the whole world has been duped based on the whole barcelona duped situation.
0: Who's, gonna,
2: who's doing the duping? That's Leo quiet.
1: Messi. Leo Messi, man. Leo Messi. Leo Messi. Leo Messi man, did the duping please. by saying he by saying he could leave and that he wanted to leave and that he had a right to. When apparently, I mean, it was ruled that that his contract is 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 still uh, is still such that there's a massive buyout clause uh, because the 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 ability for him to leave on a free expired in June, and that's it. Apparently. Uh, Apparently, all the information that we were given about him being able to leave on a free was incorrect. So, I don't know. Is Leo Messi at fault? Well, well, well,
2: I mean, we've
1: we've beaten that horse dead and dying. We've buried it, brought
2: it back out, beat it up again. ESPN has done it. I'm sure Barca TV and their podcasts have done it. That's not the point here. The point is, with Surat, Okay, Okay, like, let's preface the fact that, to me, I, like I said this two weeks ago. I said... Juventus, please, dear God, do not fall asleep at the wheel on this number nine purchase. I didn't even say Suarez or Zeco. I said on the number nine purchase, don't fall asleep at the wheel. Okay. They started off with Zeco, which is fine. But then you have, you know, Suarez came available. I guarantee you this, that it was not planned by Juventus. As soon as he was made available, they made the right thing in my head to go make a play for him. The problem is... They didn't do due diligence to with the fact that the dude doesn't have an EU passport. How can you go and then put all your chips in on him and then know that this is something that is going to invalidate his transfer unless he's able to get it? I, to me, like, this is amateur hour, first and, and foremost. It's almost... Second, i I'm as much as I put the blame – one second, Sam. As much as I put the blame – on Juventus management for, for, for this oversight. I'm blaming Suarez, bro. You've been playing in Europe for what 15 years. Now you don't have a European passport. Your wife's got a European passport. You lived in Spain, go get a European passport. What are you doing? You know, who's your manager? Like at best you guys didn't think the long game at worst. You're lazy for not doing that. I, I heard I heard
1: that I, I heard I heard that he had one but that it expired which I mean at this point I mean we're 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 speculating a whole bunch of a whole bunch of shit that oh. that, that, that you should never be speculating when when Dude, when I, when talking have... about transfers I like why 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 does it why does it even why, why does it why does he even enter into the discussion whether or not he's had it at one point like naturally it has based on the current situation and based on based on how things have panned out but That's... it's a little bit it's a little it feels a little bit weird to to argue whether or but not he's ever had, had it expired
2: or passport it well here's took here, long to do it he's here's the thing a
1: citizenship here's the thing here's the thing i mean yeah. okay, here, here's the thing here's the thing if he if he had his if he had his citizenship or had a passport and it expired and he just never renewed it that was a ticking time bomb that someone was going to wind up realizing at some point uh you know i don't know i don't know if uh I don't know I don't know if you know he would have had to get it um in in time in order for him to be an EU uh, an EU player on Barca's books for the current year but like presumably at one point someone was going to realize that it was an issue so yeah like obviously him his camp whoever whoever manages those affairs is was 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 a little has been a, has been a little has been a little you know has been a little um careless but ultimately it's it's pretty fucking hilarious like you like you got to admit there are whole articles now being written about the uh about about the about the diplomatic process of him to get his papers in order where there's whole articles being written about bureaucracy there there's one uh, there's one here on on com uh from from rav shout out uh, just just talking about talking about the fact that uh that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up here. He says... Why you pull that up? He said... Well, he, well, he, he says, Suarez to talk to, exa- to Italian examinations. Excuse me. Luis Suarez is expected to sit the required examinations to enable him to acquire a European passport facilitating his transfer to Juventus. Like, I don't know. I agree with you. It feels a little bit Bush League. Um, but maybe it's kind of a symptom of the fact that it was last minute and that this wasn't supposed to happen.
2: Yes, I, I understand. It's a symptom of the fact that it was last minute. There's, there's, saying non ci piove, right? You Juventus, you, you know how key this transfer is. You've already put Iguain at the door. You don't have a number nine, and you need one. You said it. So, why, in God's name? Did you not do the due diligence because we've been we've been talking suarez for two and a half weeks now minimum you could you could once you once you once you had your interest with him couldn't you say hey by the way sir can you start studying italian that way you can go get your passport and let's make one thing clear he didn't have a european passport and there's not an issue of expired passports. You and I have had expired passports, so you can expedite that over 48 hours and just pay money and you get your passport. This guy needs to go get citizenship. Christ. You have had citizenship in Spain. All that takes is residency for two years. And Latin American citizens or people from Latin American countries, especially like somebody of a status, Spain for a big team, you can get. Spanish residency he didn't do it this is again as much as it's just bush league on Juventus's side suarez as a professional that works in europe and just as any individual to me was stupid or lazy or not uh, you know guided the right way by his people to go get a european passport like bro what? man Like I have two passports, I don't let any of them expire because you know I'm not not as if I'm double 007 trying to like travel left and
0: right, but but it just makes life easier.
1: That's that's what's quite that's 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 quite the interesting visual you just painted right there. uh, I
0: don't know, but but Suarez doesn't strike me as the most organized human in the world. (laughs) I don't know with all this biting and racial. He doesn't strike me as a guy who who has the best organized for him. He doesn't it's, I
1: mean, he doesn't strike me as a guy who has the best judgment in in, in, in anything in in, in, of, in in terms of in terms of in mean, terms of how he behaves. Life. Potentially but you know maybe that maybe that potentially extends into his circle. Who the fuck knows? Um, but I'll tell you this. Uh, I think we should probably be focusing a little bit more on the deeper issue here at the crux of this, and not about the specifics of a, of, of, of of a one uh, given transfer target. Uh, as as appealing as Suarez might be to some fans, not necessarily to me, but to some fans, do you think that maybe we should be talking about the broader issue of of trying to acquire any number nine, no matter how old they are, irrespective of of how you know how elite they might even be, and irrespective of the fact that they could very well, based on who we've been linked to, they could very well be guys that are falling off a cliff this year. You remember a couple of years ago, Fabio Quagliarella won the Capo Canoniere title. And then last year, he basically, listen, God bless him, he's still playing and he, 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 he put in, I think, decent performances for a 37-year-old bloke for, uh, for Sampdoria this past year. But he wasn't nearly on the level that he was in 2018-19. And that's to be expected because he was 37 fucking years old and eventually something's got to give. So, I mean, if you're, if, you're, if, if you're only being rumored to go out and inquire guys who are 33 to 35 years old, you're, you're risking a lot there, man. You're risking a lot. You're risking that they don't have it in them for more than a year. In some cases, I mean, we're talking Olivier Giroud now. Who, who's to say that he's even going to be able to produce anything at all? You know, who's to say that he wouldn't be like a Nikola Anelka or like a. you're you're talking about
2: root cause. We can we can really shorten this 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 conversation if we're really looking at the root cause and we can make this a two minute conversation. There's no money. There's no money. There's no money anywhere. Let's be honest this year of transfers. Who's
1: moved anything? Only Chelsea has moved. Chelsea. Who, anyway. who moved nothing That's last it. year and who had a lot of, of leeway yes. on their books. Yeah, because they had nothing so, moved last year. Exactly. So they had two, two transfer
2: seasons banned, and they have a Russian oligarch that opens his paybook whenever he needs It's there was a there was a good article on it was an opinion piece on Tutto Sport. People like to shit on Tutto Sport or whatever, but this is an opinion piece, which is you mean you mean you mean Tutto Juve, Tutto Juve, whatever, right? Yeah, that's that's what people call it. But you read the content, right? If you want to shit on something, shit on the content. But when the content's good, provide validity. There was an article that you know predated the. Uh, ECA uh, meeting that Agnelli had a few days ago in which he he pretty much gave a state of affairs of European football from a financial standpoint there is going to be a 4 billion euro shortfall in the next two years 4 billion euros this is from every top team so it's a money issue everywhere Realism moving people. Bayern picked up um, Sane from City. Uh, Juventus is here trying to squirrel away. Who are we getting? Like it's like it's 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 a, it's a, it's a, it's a running joke. The problem is that there's no money, right? So you got to get creative. And what's what's happened is there's there's a there's there's a top ten of elite super clubs based on their yearly income that have. The, the best players. Those best players come with the highest wages and it is hard to move those players anywhere else. People complain, why can't Juve get rid of Deadwood? Why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? Really simple. The contracts are heavy and you have a limited pool of teams that can support those contracts. So you're trading it amongst these 10 top clubs. But if none of them need a you know, a big number nine like Higuain, then you gotta then then you gotta deal with it. That's especially, the problem.
1: It's the problem of money. Yeah, especially a 33 year old Higuain. And that's something that we see often is uh a guy like Suarez who's a little bit older but on astronomical wages, who's now, you know, basically a race against time for when his body's gonna give out. It's a fact he's 33 years old you can't play football at the end you can't you're you know, not everyone can play at an elite level like Cristiano Ronaldo until you're 36 37 years old it's true so that that factors in as well when you're trying to offload players like this and to your point or to the 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 writer at tuto sports point or to the to the to the to the opinionist at tuto sports point something's got to give eventually and it already is i think at juve i think we're already seeing it because Deals like deals like that for Neymar and Mbappe and the astronomical fees paid there, and even the one, the ones for 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 guys like Dembele and Coutinho paid for paid for by Barcelona, uh, even like and Barcelona, all the one that's suffering the most too. Well, well, that's, one that's
2: suffering the most.
1: Well, yeah, but that's what I what I was gonna say was, I think the reason that those are now unsustainable is because. There's only a finite number of clubs that can afford those players. If you want to resell them, so in the event that they flop, what the fuck do you do? And that's why Barcelona is screwed right now. That's why they're loaning out Philippe Coutinho and getting cucked, selling you know, basically giving him to Bayern for free just so they pay his wages, so that he can score two goals against them in the Champions League semi-final, quarter-final, um, and and this semi-final. But um, regardless, the point the point is, I think eventually. Transfer fees are going to be forced down. So I think we're seeing that already. I really do. No. I, in no, jo- I don't Giovanni, think so. Giovanni, don't Giovanni, Giovanni's shaking, his, no. Giovanni's shaking it's his head. Not no, not going
2: not be the transfer fees. No.
1: Okay. I don't think it's well, going to
2: be the transfer fees. I'll be honest. I think it's going to be the wages because that's, those are recurring, those are OPEX costs. They're not, they're not capital, right? If we want to make it let's dumbify it right capital costs you can amortize it across time and then you can have recoup it and you can artificially recoup it right like the, the whole plus valenza profit you know thing that juventus does is, just, is really handy we did it with pianich and arthur we needed a, a profit of x amount barcelona mm-hmm. needed a profit of y amount mm-hmm. and we gave them a guy that they wanted and we took a younger guy, which we wanted a younger guy, maybe unproven, yeah. right? And, and then we still gave br- them 12 million cash. Yeah, to, but, but, but but you see, it's the same ten clubs. It's the same
1: ten clubs. Now, now, of of course, but I really, I really do think that wages can't. Uh, excuse me, that transfer, the transfer fees can go down, uh, because eventually teams are gonna, uh, t- teams are gonna be faced with the dilemma of holding on to. Um, diminishing assets or offloading them and cutting their losses. Think about Uzman Dembele at Barcelona right now, you know, just as, as, as another case in point, they wouldn't be able to get, I don't even think they'd be able to get 70 million for him. What do they pay for him? 120 million euro. I mean, the guy's been, the guy's yeah. been injured, inconsistent late to training, uh, seems to have a garbage attitude is he's basically fallen off a cliff since he's been at Barcelona may still have a lot to offer, Uh, to a bunch of big clubs he's 23 years old but I don't think anyone's gonna risk it so what do you do like he's like
0: you of Barca
1: come on come on (laughs) come on come on come on come on come on on, man I haven't I haven't I haven't fallen I haven't fallen off a cliff yet I just joined I I think his injury troubles came in the second year so we'll see where we're at in 2021 (laughs) in this uh in this in this loan with option to buy but um I'm just yeah with you. no, but 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 I think I think that Barcelona will be willing to cut their losses at a certain point because if not, his contract's going to expire and he's going to go for free, right? That's what is always going to happen at the end of a contract if a player doesn't want to renew. Is they're going to walk for free? So I think that that could realistically force some some transfer fees down eventually in the next couple of years. Might they go back up? Yeah, maybe. Could it be a short term effect of Corona? Maybe, but. Anyway, uh, I I think you're not you listen you're you're you're, you're not wrong, as we say in French uh, up here, that You're not you're not uh, you're not you're 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 not you're not wrong to say that there is no money right now uh, at Juve, and that's why we're going after old, fucking proven, non risky in terms of you know what you're gonna get from them strikers. But I think it's really underwhelming when. You should always be looking to build right, a
2: team right, well, in the it, it doesn't. Oh, one second, fire. It doesn't make you know. for compelling transfer market. You know, drama. I get it. I fucking get it. Right?
1: People are like, they want their
2: fireworks. Let's get this guy. This it's football guy.
1: manager, man. It's football uh, manager. People want Chelsea's transfer window.
2: Yeah, you're nope. right. But
1: let's it's just unrealistic. So we, we,
2: we, 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 we talked around, you know, the whole financial aspect and the crux of it and how it ties into Solaris. Guys, let me clue you in on what Juve is doing, right? Based, again, all opinions are my opinions, and I'm not an expert, and I don't work for Juve, but this is the strategy that they're doing. They had on the books a bunch of heavy wages with aging players. As Sam said, aging players – provide diminishing returns when it comes to their transfer. Nobody wants them and they're already getting paid bank. So if you gotta pay a hefty transfer fee to then go pay heavy salary, nobody's doing that. That's not that's not good. That's not good business. So what is UVA trying to do? They're gonna they understand what the issue what their financial liability is and they're eating it as they're trying to get Kadira out, Iguain out, Matridi out all these older players to get in, younger players. McKennie, after Benton Young, the Ligt Young, all these players. And guess what's going to happen? Don't don't start crying, people. They're getting these people when they're 22, 23, so that when they're 26, 27, 28, and they're still marketable because they have at least a four-year contract career ahead of them, they go sell them, and they make money, and they reinvest, and they get younger players that are just as talented, if not more. And that's, that is how you self-sustain a team. If you don't have Papa Abramovich behind you or uh, uh, the emir of, uh, of uh, Qatar and uh, sultan of Dubai or whoever that, to, to, to help your team out financially, this is how you self-sustain a team. And this is how they're going to go about it, especially now during corona. What's going to happen is the next two years, Juve's transfers are gonna be slim. You're gonna see these, you're gonna see more transfer like McKinney's or younger players that then if they blossom, they can either stay and 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 marry the club with you know obviously sensible decision making as to who stays and who doesn't, but then the rest they get sold. And that brings in more transfer money. That's the that's the only solution I see for Juve and for clubs like Juve that don't have individual backers behind them
1: I, wa- I wonder actually to that point kind of random side note but I wonder who the first Middle Eastern um oligarch or or, or royal to get into Syria will be because right now Syria is owned entirely by local Italian businessmen and a couple of Americans in the case of Roma and Fiorentina and there's a lot uh, of
2: Chinese interest in. in there is a in, lot of Parma, ch- is, owned, but yeah. Parma yeah. is a Chinese
1: owned um that's that's true that's true i uh, forgot about inter- i forgot about i forgot about i forgot about inter.
2: so so i I don't know in italy i think there's a there's my, i want to say there's some minority stakes i think juventus some minority um a minority stake of juve is owned by middle inter middle eastern interests i i'm i don't know i mean i think there's not a lot of it's it, here's the thing the italian market is not a fertile market to invest in a club because the top clubs yep. that could provide any sort of return on investment are already they've already been taken elliot has milan uh roman's got three fiorentina has got and those are like roman fiorentina are, are are mid-grade markets right italy is not very marketable abroad because our stadiums are trash our bureaucracy is even bit, even more trash and the type of fandom is very insular. It's not like, for example, with the EPL. EPL people don't care if you're from Atlanta and come chair Everton, right? Whereas in Italy there's the the, the the culture of belonging, my city, my team, my club. If you're not yeah. here, how can
1: you be cheered for me? It's very it's very village mentality. There's 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 less there's less of that there's less of that in England. I think there is some, but less. Yeah, and I think I think that is why I think that is why you're gonna con- you're gonna continue to see a lot of a lot of big 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 big, um you know, wealthy individuals, uh just try to take over clubs in England because there's more mobility. You know, people have seen what you could do yes. in that city. Uh, you know what I mean? Maybe and, because because it's easier to get shit done. So to take a hell out of Verona and it, to try to build a new stadium there, I mean, good luck, right? So um, yeah, yeah, but just, how do this you? This a random entice... side note.
2: Exactly, but also, how do you entice Verona as a marketable like commodity? Do you say, "Oh, Verona, the the home of Romeo and Juliet"? Blah, blah. You could do it, yeah, probably, it's doable, but, probably. But, but you need, but you need, you can't come, make an investment on a club, and then still have to like. Ran, run your head through a wall to deal with the Italian bureaucracy. Oh, well, it's one got to be, happened... be easy.
1: It's got to be easy, which it isn't.
2: Exactly. Um, and one good thing that has happened this week is unanimously, the presidents of Serie A have agreed to let private equity into their group to start negotiating TV deals. To me, I think the Serie A is a better product than the French league 1 but the French Ligon gets paid more. You buy a little, but they get paid more a year than Serie Are you kidding me? That's, I mean, that's bananas. So to me, when you have private equity in, you have people that are dedicated, they're smart. They, they, they have a vested interest in turning a profit. So they're going to make the, the product profitable. So I think that's going to start helping. And then the clubs are going to start really putting the screws to the Italian government to say, hey, we need – less red tape to get these goddamn stadiums done italia novanta has come and gone it's impossible that only three teams in syria four teams in syria have stadium that they own juventus atalanta udinese sassuolo and three of them are in tiny markets are you kidding me what kind of product are you trying to sell worldwide
1: and look how look how long it look how long it took Roma to build their stadium. We're getting a little off track from Juve here. They haven't even yeah. built their stadium. Well, yeah, well and they, they, and, they drove, and they drove and they drove and they drove as our as our boy as our boy uh Don Agnelli on Twitter would say, they they drove sleazy Jim Palotta out of the city, man. And now another American <laughs> and now another American is taking them on. And you know, I actually discussed this with with um with uh, with with my guest who shall remain unnamed on this podcast because he's from an Intel platform. Uh uh, on on the latest episode of the cultural podcast um we we talked we talked about why so many americans come and go and kind of will basically come to italy with their with with you know big google eyes like yes i'm going to do this that and the other thing and then they leave fucking disenfranchised and frustrated because but, I, um, think, I, I think i think
0: america sorry to interrupt i think americans romantic romanticize italy uh when but but when it comes to like bureaucracy and i've Dealt with it the last couple of weeks when I had to send something to Italy, like the shipment of like of, of the shirts and what I had to go through to send a simple package. It
1: sucks the life out of you, I, man.
0: I, I haven't met that kind of like stubbornness and bureaucracy outside of America. Like anything I send to, uh, I'm 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 gonna do a shameless plug. Like these Marquisier shirts. Um, there's been more international orders. This restock than anywhere else, than any other time. So I've sent stuff to Australia, Germany, Austria, uh, Austria, United Kingdom, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait. The biggest problems I've had was just uh, you know, sending them to Italy. And I think when, like you said, when Americans come in, they expect some sort of you know, uh, urgency with the, with the uh, financials and with people who are responsible for getting, getting shit done basically. And when they see that Dude, red, all the red tape and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. You hit the nail on the head. Life's you may as, well be s- as it is.
2: You, 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 you mean to tell me I have to go send something and I need to jump through hoops just to send
1: a package? You fucking kidding you, you may as well be sending them back to the Soviet Union, Farhad.
0: Hey, how dare you? Uh, <laughs> so speaking of countries and speaking of uh, Middle Eastern olig- oligarchs, number 11 on the list of the most listened countries <laughs> is United Arab Emirates. Number ten. Respect. Denmark, number nine. Italy slipped down to spot number nine. Norway, number eight. I think they're they're waiting for their boy to be signed and that's happening. The fjords.
1: The fjords. The fjords. Haland's gonna bring number... the fjords to uh, to Turin, to Torino. That's
0: right, that's right. The, the, tur- the Turin the Turin White Vikings. Uh, number seven Russian Federation. Number six Saudi Arabia. Number five, Sweden. Four, United Kingdom, nice. and the big three: Australia, Canada, United States. Thank you all for listening. I love checking these stats, and and it's always fascinated me the the the, the reach that this this podcast gets. And I really do appreciate all of you guys. Let's switch gears a little bit. Um, I want to mention a couple of things. You, yeah, one of you guys mentioned Higuain and the fact that he's no longer a UEA player. The agreement has been reached with him. Uh, I think he's going to get paid the whole year's salary, and he's off to Miami. There's already pictures that that um that surfaced and I think we should dedicate a couple of minutes to Pipita because he's been great for our for our team. You know, I know there's been a period in the last couple of years when he wasn't uh as important as appreciated, but you know we should we should definitely pay tribute to him and I'm looking at his stats here. He's played 149 games for Juve, 66 games, 16 assists, and 11,000 minutes exactly. Um, the The whole thing, with, the whole thing with his transfer was amazing because we did take him away from our biggest rivals at the moment, and he did score in the first game against Napoli. and I think the I think that set tone for the rest of his um, time at Juve. He scored, He's to me, he will be remembered for scoring against the biggest rivals in Serie A. Not so much, you know, he, he was, he, he did shine in the Champions League a couple of times with goals against Monaco and stuff like that. But um, I think he'll be remembered more for his goals against uh, Inter and Milan and, of course, Napoli in, the champ, in, the, in Serie A. Is there anything you guys wanted to um, uh, point out as far as his stay at Juve? Since since he's you know we're paying a little tribute to Higuain. I
1: mean, as as far as as far as Napoli players go that come over and join uh, and join Juventus, uh, probably one of the more satisfying ones in recent years. I know there's been there's been Can there's been Ferrara, <clears throat> there's been uh, Chiro Ferrara in the past, uh, but this was a little bit more satisfying because Napoli fans had kind of gotten on a bit of a high horse um, based on some recent success that they had had in Syria. And it was very, it was, it was, it was, it was very satisfying to have this guy that the whole city was just completely enamored with join us and and just kind of crush them. Uh, Granted, they did put up a good fight for another couple of years, but um, just right off the bat, it was very nice to, very nice to snag him from under one of our biggest rivals' noses. Um, Feels like what U.S. should be doing in a lot of ways as one of the bigger clubs in Europe and, I would argue, the biggest in Italy. But a great fucking servant to the club, man. Uh, this, what a what what a fucking poacher. Uh, what a poacher. When you think of a bomber on the field, he's kind of what you might think of based on those couple of years uh, in, in, in Serie A when he was scoring 30 goals a season. I have a tweet here, though, that I want to share with you guys. Um, it's from an Inter fan. Uh, whoa, whoa, kind whoa, whoa. Yeah, kind of kind of an alternative opinion. Bought for 90 million euro in 2016 for the sole purpose of winning the Champions League, sent out on loan twice and now in 2024 years later he's leaving for free. Safe to say Gonzalo Higuaín was a massive flop. What do you guys think of that? Um, I don't... Well, uh, so yeah. First of all, uh, first of all, uh, first of all I don't I want to hear any trash
0: from Inter fans on my podcast. Well, Bye.
1: I I my my immediate comeback which which I which I which I, I refrained from 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 replying because you know I don't personally have Twitter and I only have my podcast one we try to be a little more impartial. But my immediate Juventino comeback was, yeah. What 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 about that goal in the derby, right? You know like he he fucking fucking scored a big one against you guys and you hated him then. I I actually disagree with this, but there's a little bit like there's a little there's a little bit of a case to maybe be made I that don't
2: necessarily. disagree with it right so if I mean you brought up the interest tweet, tweet you know sure take it or leave it but I was going to chime in you know first of all saying Iguain, as I said as you as everybody can say great servant to the club he did his job He, he he did what he was he was he came to do right you whether you uh, task him to win the champions league or not he you win it as a team you lose it as a team so i don't i don't have any ill will or animosity specifically to him because we didn't win the champions league with him and he got, is, he,
1: he got us to the final he got us a final though which which was good for the he club, right? as, so
2: he contributed as part of the team like he's like other people like i i really like I, like i'm trying not to like you know, circle around certain milestones is good too, right? Like he he scored the score, the goal of the three two last year to to really seal, um, you know, Juventus's Scudetto. But I mean, in hindsight, did it even make sense? Would if we had a time machine, would you go back and 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 pay ninety million for Higuain? I would not. I'll be honest, I, and, and not because I don't think he was good at Juventus. Again, I think he was good at Juventus, but I don't think the net positive that he brought was something that was above and beyond what Juventus could have done with another striker. And I'll tell you why, right? And we're, now we're, we're going into the land of what ifs. Let's put it this way. The biggest issue pretty much since Pogba leaving was a terrible midfield. Let's say you you hold on to Pogba and you're like, fuck it, we'll pay you extra, we'll keep the bala, da-da-da-da-da. You don't you don't get the hundred million from United, you don't go spend ninety million on Higuain. To, to it, Let's say you finally convince Florentino Perez not to be a hard ass and leave Morata to you, who was growing and getting into coming into his own real happy and whatnot who knows maybe morata blossoms and he's not the mediocre striker that he is now maybe he's he's a good striker that guarantees you 20 goals in serie A and five in champions league every season you don't spend the money on higuaín that's a big deal dealing of, of course i prefaced it by saying we're in the land of what ifs now but but you're still keeping who the youngest and best midfielder that you had in the past 10 years w- right now everybody's crying what's going on with our midfield what's going on with our midfield you wouldn't be crying about the midfield if Pogba had stayed and he kept playing
1: there's also midfield no guarantee that he would have but there's no guarantee that Pogba would have been here still in 2020 because every summer for like for like two years he was rumored to be on the way out right like Real sure, Madrid sure, might have
2: But why was he rumored to go? It's because there's an interest and because he's marketable. But at a certain point, if you don't, like, the issue why he left was because, what's his face, wanted him to make $15 Juventus is not going to go pay him those wages because Juventus could not guarantee those wages. Could it have come to that? Yes, eventually. But it's a growing process as the club was still literally rebuilding year after year at post calchopoli, And let's be honest, what's what's Pogba trying to do now? You know, reading between the lines. He's not happy in Manchester. You think let's let's give another time travel opportunity. Pogba gets a time travel machine. You think he do you think he decides to leave so hastily from Juve to go to Manchester? What's he done? Football Most of wise, his successes outside of the yeah, because the only—I mean, he, he won with France, but it had nothing to do yeah. uh, with United. To me, Pogba has not grown as a player since joining United. He his,
1: hasn't. His best years remain with us. That 2015-2016 year remains his best. And that's why I think—so so, be, so you, asked the, you asked the question, I don't know— I don't know personally if he regrets it, right? I don't know if he's if he's felt personally fulfilled since going back to Manchester. I think he got married. Like, you know, we have to we have we have to remember there's a lot of other things kind of at play. He 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 grew up as a he grew up there, you know, as as a teenager. He always had a big affinity for the club. That's why I kind of interrupted you there to say, uh, you know, maybe footballing-wise, he regrets it. But like otherwise, you have to remember that, you know, life, life, life for these people isn't just football. But I think now. You're right. If you are to believe the rumor mill, he seems to apparently be willing to come back, which wouldn't be shocking given the fact that he had a much better time here. And Andrea Pirlo, who he played with, is now in charge. So, footballing wise, I think he probably would come back.
0: If you can, you uh, can, uh, you can be the biggest star as far as social media. As far as you know, his his dances and and his social media presence is so so important to him. But at the end of the day, I feel like in order to sell a product, in order to stay relevant, you also have to be strong on the field. And it's definitely hurting his brand. The fact that, the fact that he's he's no longer unfuck You know what I mean? When he was at Juve, he was the guy you couldn't fuck with his resume. At like 22 or whatever he, however old he was, he was one of the biggest players in the world. Now, you know, when you slap a hundred million dollar mark, you know, hundred million dollar tag on you and then you go to, to Manchester and yeah you won the Europa League but at the same time your your shortcomings are kind of like on the forefront as opposed to your your achievements like he like he was achieving with Juve. Does that make sense? Like 100%, so if he, if yeah. he, he just he, he needs to get that 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 spot back. So that mojo almost. no pun intended the the, the yeah. back, you know um.
2: You know, look, look. If he was so happy, he's if his life is so jolly and amazing in Manchester, why is he? Why is he like fucking pining to leave? I don't think it has anything to do with like his personal life. I think his personal life would have been fine, whether he was in Manchester or Turin. I'll be quite frank. I think it was a matter of like trying to supercharge his brand, and I think it's easier to do it with. Uh, you know a Manchester United, which arguably is still the most popular club in the world, right? I mean, Juventus wants to be that, but it's not. Manchester is that, whether you like not, it or not. Not even close. Not even and close. Not even close. Real
0: Madrid, the Real Madrid. So you don't think it's I still like Man right. United?
2: It's
1: still Man United, man. It's, it's
2: still Man United with the numbers. With the numbers, it's still Man United. It's still you, I, go look it up. I'm not a the theater yeah. of dreams.
1: It's still the theater of dreams. And yeah, you know so, what? It's, it's, but it's easy to want to go back when you have Inoraiola whispering in your ear. Right? That, yeah, we, can't, exactly. we can't forget about that either.
2: But, but at some point, somebody's got to tell me, you know, I said, Mino, I understand what you're trying to do, but I'm not happy and I don't want to get back. So to me, the, the biggest, look, the best images I, I remember was him and Dybala just being just amazing buddies. They were, could you imagine them growing and playing together over five, six years? That would have been, that's that's, a, that's that would have been crazy and great for Juventus. I remember, you know, Allegri and, and Pogba were just that, I think that's outside of the champs. Allegri is the guy that really made Pogba flourish. And then Mourinho made him take three steps back. And now maybe Soksha is kind of like helping him out. But again, I've seen. Can, it can you
0: evolve? Can you dedicate like thirty seconds? Literally, we're we're gonna switch to the next topic. Um, that I didn't really watch much United in that period. What makes you think Mourinho made him take three steps back? Just for uneducated like myself. He caged
2: them, dude. He caged them, like so to speak. If you remember Pogba when he played with, uh, you know, with Juventus, he 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 was truly that box to box player. But it was box to box in a little bit more of an unorthodox fashion. Tracking back from the midfield to our defensive line, you knew that you had Bonucci, Barzagli, Chiellini as that as uh, you know as that wall defensively. But he did his job. To try to break up, you know, the 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 offensive geometries of the other players. It wasn't his main job. That's not what Pogba does, right? He's got the size for it. He's got the athleticism for it. But that's not what Pogba does. From the midfield onward to the uh, to the um, to to the other team's like box, he was as much a creative midfielder as a constructive midfielder and trying to you know fulfill that box-to-box player role to me he's he he was that modern athletic big midfielder and with juventus allegri let him do his thing he got a little he even so much so that he got pissed a few times and you see it in videos with him yelling at pogba because uh, Pogba is doing, you know, twirlies and going rounds and whatnot, which is a little bit too much. He needed to be more of a concrete player. But when Mourinho, Mourinho's like, okay, you're going to be uh, in, a, in a defensive midfielder position, and that's all you're going to do. And that's not possible. You can't go ask Pogba to do that. That's not what Pogba does. Yeah. He's literally chopping his legs off.
0: Yeah, and I don't I, know
1: if, you... I... yeah. Yeah, no, sorry, I, I don't know if you guys have seen the 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 Tottenham documentary on Amazon Prime, but it's basically the Mourinho show. And it's actually a little bit weird to watch if you kind of had a preconceived notion of the man already, because obviously, you know, he, he, he managed Inter and he's very easy to hate for that reason. Remember the, 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 the the cupping, the cupping of the hand to the ear at Man United like a year and a half ago. Um, you know, I, I wanted, I wanted to punch him. I wanted to punch his face in like anyone else, but I've read a book about him, man. And the book was actually written kind of a couple of years ago before he sort he sort of started to lose a little bit of his of his um, of his um, I don't know his 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 sex appeal as a manager as an edge uh, in, in some in some in some ways but you know what it's been really it's been a really insightful documentary just in terms of how he manages the players um, emotions I understand why people say they would have run through a brick wall for him which is so 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 one of the things that came to my mind was how the hell did this guy run Pogba out of Manchester. Or how the hell did that that actually never happened? Obviously, Pogba was still in Manchester, but how did he basically run him out of himself, out of his own body? You know, what I mean, how did how did he how did he scare the how did he scare the player that Pogba was out of uh, out of his body and and just completely change him for a couple of years to the point that there was such you know that 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 the, the, there was such there was such a discord between the two of them. I didn't understand it. I couldn't quite comprehend how how he might have handled it. Maybe Pogba didn't react well to the. To the, to the very hands-on approach. Um, I have no fucking idea. Maybe they're too big personalities. So it's work. very, yes,
2: it's very simple, I think. It's very simple, I think. Like we can take, you know how they call Conte, poor man, Mourinho? That's exactly how it is. You have very big personalities that ingratiate themselves to you and whip you up. If you're a 60% player, they make you a temper, a 70% player. If you're a 90% player, they make you a 100% player if you buy into their thing and they expect so much out of you that they run you into the ground. They run you into the ground. But Pogba is... But there's some players that you gotta handle them differently. Pogba is one of those guys, right? You have man managers and you have squad managers. Conte, Mourinho... Those are squad managers. So I, I, that, it to me, it, that's the thing. That's why I've always preferred the type of coaches like Ancelotti, Zidane, Allegri, you know, because it, it takes a little – you're dealing with people. You need to have a certain emotional intelligence. You can use a whip with someone and get the most out of them. And some, some, for some players, you need it. For others, you got to use the carrot and even more carrots, and then switch to an apple, and then make sure that they're happy to them, foster the best out of them.
1: Maybe Mourinho changed his ways because he was a little bit, he seemed a little bit more bitter at the end of his time at Man United because everything you're describing, that almost kind of fits the, the, the person, the manager that is presented in the documentary. He's changed his ways, and it's working for him, and the players have been ingratiated to him. Good for him, but...
0: Obviously, oh, I talked to about them. That. Sure,
2: I mean, uh, yeah, Mourinho is not stupid. I will tell you this: Mourinho, to me, is one of the smartest, like truly brainiacs out there. Um, but he's got a strong character, and oftentimes, that's the that's you know, even with smart people, that's like the biggest thing to kind of change. So, but anyways, next topic.
0: Well, <clears throat> speaking of lacking of emotional intelligence, I'm reading UFC.com. Kedira doesn't want to leave Juventus. Juventus midfielder, oh Sami Kedira, is reportedly keen to staying in Turin for a final season, believing he still has something to offer the team. Unless you are like that inter... I forget. I think it was Brozovic. Unless you're the guy who lays down... Behind the, the wall. The ...free kick, I, I, don't think, I, <laughs> I don't think Kedira has anything tactically or physically to offer you know last last couple of seasons you've seen him play and it's just it's just but if he was a horse he'd be he'd be a glue by now and like get, just take him out of his misery uh no matter what we do the 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 guy's trying his best not to leave and i think he's ruining his legacy because at this point um at this point it would be he, he'd get a lot more respect out of out of a lot of people i mean he lost respect for a lot of fans but that's just you know they take it too personally. I but agree. At this at the, at this point is just. I agree. You you I don't agree. have anything to offer. You do not. Your your injuries are so. You know the the time between injuries debilitating. Is, They're debilitating. But here's yeah, the thing. I mean, can...
1: like yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. No. Um. I think. If if nothing else, the one, the one thing you could credit Higuain for is it ended amicably, you know, to the point that now we could look back and say, great servant to the club. Thank you for everything. As much as you might say that you wouldn't have invested 90 million of the hundred million that you got for Pogba and Higuain, I remember at the time, I was a little peeved by that. At least we could look back at it and say, we won a bunch of titles, he had success, he scored, he scored a bunch of goals yeah there was that one year when he went out on low, but he came back won another title okay, shot the bon you know Sami Kadira, still being at the club is i th- i think i think is is a perfect indicator of maybe a lack of of emotional intelligence like you said now i'm not gonna i'm not I'm not going to proclaim that he'd fail uh, that he that he score poorly on an emotional intelligence test you know socially but but, but in this case. Either he doesn't care what people think, or he's just very unaware of 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 you know he's, he's blissfully unaware of 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 the of the opinion that people have of him, which is not unfounded. No, he's
0: he's completely he's, aware. He's he has there was times where he turned off his comments on social media and then yeah. he came back. Well, he's well completely then, aware. Well, then here's the
1: thing: him being at the club at 33 with a bunch of but you know with, with a bunch of injuries, couple busted knees, is taking away a, a chance from like a Hans nicolusi Caviglia who had a Pretty impressive loan in Serie B last year at Perugia. <laughs> I don't know if he's ready to come into the first team, but, like, I'd rather have him
0: take oh on...
1: I'd rather... I don't know, Joe, why are you laughing? I'd rather have Nicolussi play a bit part in the team than Kedira. You know what I mean? At least he's not like, broken. Uh,
2: just, I agree with you with the whole... We can all agree on, like, the fact that Kedira should be handling this better because...
0: Yeah, I mean, we're not coming into this. He's a
2: player that to me, no, 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 no. to me is a player that like as an individual, right? You know, forget whatever your opinions are of him as a player. As an individual up until this kind of situation, I think I would say he's a guy that had class, right? Or at least, you know, nice guy, fair guy. Great Um, servant to the club so far.
1: Great servant to the club.
2: He did what he had to do. It, like he's—he's he's not. People forget, like that he's not that flashy player. But every single coach and team he played for, he had something to contribute. So putting a pin on that, the past two years, he's just shown that his legs—they're toast. That's it. They're done. And I, I, let me do. Let me make another example. Marquezio, Bruno, fault of his own. Let's—I let's,
1: don't let's not forget. What's I'm, so happy you're, I'm so happy you're bringing him up because I was about to start okay, yeah. Claudio cool. Marchesio recused himself exactly. from...
2: 100%, yes. And again, through no fault of his own and right around the same type of age, Marchesio had a traumatic knee injury. Traumatic knee injury that he did not recover from properly. Allegri understood that. Marchesio understood that. He tried. He was like, well, you know, I think I still have a little bit to give, but knowing Juventus is where it's at, let, let me try my best somewhere else. He tried. He went to Zenit. It didn't work out. He retired. He understood. Time, Life doesn't end. It just transforms. And that should be the case for Kedira. If you don't believe that Juventus is making the right decision to stick with you, to not, to, to not stick with you, Right go somewhere else, prove them wrong, but transfer yourself on a free, take that beep beep. You've got a contract to your name. Okay. Ironclad. No problem. Right? Pick a severance package, pick a severance package. You're not going to get a hundred percent, but you also don't need to give them one extra minute of your time. You get a severance, go find another team. If it's a money thing, I don't think there's going to be an issue. You go to the U.S., you'll get money. You 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 extend your 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 career by a couple of years, whatever. You know, go 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 do that if it's a money thing. But I don't I don't know. Here's a solution. I, I really Here's a a solution.
0: You you keep him on the payroll. You put him in a J costume, the zebra mascot. Bam. That's that. That would be the highest oh. earning mascot in the world. Seven million dollars. Why not? You know, <laughs> uh, i also He'll, but he, but he'll, be walk, he'll, be, he'll be walking around, just knees snapping from the weight of the of the costume. I was just about to say, man, scaring, scaring children like, "Daddy, why, why is Jay bleeding from the knees?
1: <laughs> why is he on the ground, holding his knee, folded up, folded up, just rocking back and forth with his thumb with his thumb in his mouth?" Um, I don't know, man. Giovanni said said the other said the other day when we were chatting. That Zagnolo tearing his second ACL in eight months in the opposite knee um, on Azzurri duty a couple of uh, a couple of days ago um was scary because he's now a 21 year old with two torn ACLs, and by the time he gets to Kadita's age, he could be, you know, he could he could be made a jello. And um, you know, that's kind of a bit, bit of a bit of a 180 from the Kadida talk, but that's 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 a transfer Sam, that's gotta I, be on hold I, now. I, but you know, that's it's 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 really unfortunate that it's come to the point that it has with Kadira, but it's just it's just a product of, of of the injuries that he's had, really. That's all, all right, it Sam, is. Sam,
0: th- th- thank you so much for bringing it up. Since you know today's podcast is a little free flowing, uh, I know I, I like to give you guys lately uh, the breakdown of the show. <laughs> to be honest with you, we've had we've, we've all had a crazy week, so we didn't have much time to prepare, but we do know that there's certain topics in the UVA world that. That people want to hear about so again i apologize for not uh bringing up the topics beforehand as you could see our our beginning was a little rocky but now we're flowing um so since we're on a free free-flowing kind of mode here um giovanni you you've you've played sports before uh you know about knee injuries and and you you know you spit some knowledge over the over the group chat to us can you inform people who probably don't know about about that side of the, the, the sport. How difficult is it to come back? Uh, does age matter? Does it matter nowadays with the technology and the medicine uh, in advance? You know, yeah. just, just talk to us about Zaniolo uh, since he's on the top.
2: Yeah, so I played, uh, some of you guys, you know, I played rugby pretty much almost 20 years. And so it's, uh, it's a little bit more um, impact-driven sport than um, – then than than soccer. by the way um,
0: let, let me interrupt i i know jo i am a really good friend with giovanni's um ex playmate or yeah I know, I, I, teammate? I, playmate. teammate
2: yeah I, yeah we Te- played we played in college and then at the club afterwards
0: so so like i i go I go camping with a guy like we're we're good buds, and he told me one day he looked at me straight in the eye. he said, oh Giovanni is a guy you want as your teammate just like <laughs> just like Giovanni will break heads for you. So, sorry, that. go ahead. I, I just wanted to, uh, <laughs> but he's, okay, a, so he's a teddy bear in real life, though. So. All right, go ahead. Yeah, uh, so let me give you a good
2: example, right? So you, you brought up Vadim. Vadim is a guy that I played with in college. He's younger. He's about five, six years younger. Um, He had two bad knee injuries, Um, but he was young. The biggest thing with your knee injuries, right, With especially when they're not traumatic, right, like not somebody going and then, like, blasting your knee and then you blow out your knee. Um, a lot of the time, it's due to certain imbalances in, in your training and your, your training regimen. Let me, let's, 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 okay, let's focus on Zaniolo. Zaniolo's is a second knee injury, this time on the opposite knee than the one that he got while playing with Roma.
1: A very mundane challenge.
2: Okay. it wasn't even, but it, it, the challenge didn't create that. Was it wasn't way even he a challenge? Put yeah. down. Yeah. There was no... There was, there very, no very, innocu-
1: very innocuous, very innocuous play.
2: No traumatic impact. Let's go back and rewind the tape on the past five years of Roma and their players. <laughs> Kevin Struttman, two knee injuries, one on each knee. Florenzi, Zaniolo, the, I can tell uh, there's a fourth guy or uh, that... He had, like, ACL issues, too. I think maybe Bruno Paris, I think, is that guy. But these were four that had really bad, com- complete reconstructive surgery knee injuries. And that's not including the amount of knee injuries that did not require surgery, but that, you know, required time off, significant time off. Over the past, I think knee injuries over the past five years has been, like, the worst thing for Rona. To me, that's that's a testament of poor athletic preparation or something off there, especially with a guy like Zaniolo who is big. Zaniolo is a big dude. He is
1: massive.
2: He's a big guy, heavy guy, tall guy.
1: He's a tall guy. Tall guy.
2: You have to. You have to. It, I think it's a matter of really focusing and personalizing your training.
1: Especially post surgery, and then throughout the rest of your career, you would think that you would think that he might have been a little bit more close attention after after what happened. So, uh, you you know, having just having just come back from a knee injury a couple of months ago, you would think that he'd have that 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 it might have been flagged that he needs to change up the way that he trains. You would think so, but again, it's 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 like you, you you you.
2: you don't know what you don't know, right? And and I and, and I think a lot of football players are like, oh man, I can do my thing. It's never been a problem. It's just vain. It comes natural to them. I think this is a wake up call for him, and I think ultimately it's going to extend his career. Um, Ancelotti had a good uh, a, a opinion because back in the eighties, when you got a knee injury, it was a very big problem. He, he said maybe maybe this might change his his position and his range of like movement within the um within the within the field but to me i think it's a matter of zaniello coming back not having as much pressure really clearing his mind and then dedicating you know focused attention to strengthening the muscles around his knee and just to to try to avoid you know, your knee buckling because his knee, like in this case, his knee buckled and twisted. I I, like do yoga, do resistance training. Maybe don't lift weights. Maybe don't sprint. You can get anaerobic conditioning, a different type of conditioning in many ways. Right. But it's, to me, it's a matter of if you know that you, you you have a tendency to have these issues and conditions, I think you need to really focus on them. Um, ultimately, I, I I I think,
0: I think he's literally still growing. Isn't he like a young organism? Like he's still. 21. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, he's, his body's done. It sucks.
2: He'll come back fine. I don't think it's going to have a lasting issue, but eventually, when he gets to my age, right? 15 years after today, I think it's something that he's going to have to contend with. But for now, not too worried, right? And I, and we, I, I wish him the best.
1: From your lips to God's ears, as uh, as we hope to as we hope to poach him when he does get better. Uh, which well, is why I hear we're paying a great deal of attention to him.
0: I hear there's a there's a mascot role that's just opened up at Juve, so maybe we can put him in there until his <laughs> yeah, knees yeah, recover. The,
1: the, 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 la, the last one, the last one went down injured. I don't know, man. Like like Giovanni made an interesting point also the other day, saying uh, that. Maybe at a club like Roma, there's more pressure to come back from an injury like that really quickly. Whereas at Juve, maybe we would have handled it a little bit better. I don't know. You know, that's I, 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 that's it's maybe a bit maybe a bit of a hot take, but it's not unfathomable. I really hope that he does take his time to come back from this one now, and I hope he's not made of glass and that it's not a recurrent thing because I love the guy. I really wanted him, and I still do um, at some point. But it looks like that's deferred at least a year now.
0: Um, I want to. Uh, there's a couple more things we're going to discuss. Um, there, I, I want to go back as I kind of went through my Twitter and our our listener Ahmad, he posted a a picture of the of a page from Pirlo's book. And going back to the to the Kadira situation, I wanted to mention that and kind of give like both sides of the story. Um, I'm just going to read you a couple of paragraphs here. Once upon a time, uh, teams had players who were very the very symbol of the club. And you guys know I hate reading in public, so if you guys know me, you know I'm gonna stumble, but I'll try not to. Uh, he says that clubs would make a point of holding on to every piece of the flag, the pole, the rope, the fabric, the prestige, the ability to catch the wind, and in sem- some exceptional cases, make it change direction and intensity. Nowadays, the only thing that counts is saving money. It's all about cutting salaries, and those same clubs have had agreed. When a club throws a tantrum, leaving out a player who's refusing to take a wage cut, people often react on instinct. They'll pass instant judgment. Ah, typical rich guy won't let a single penny go. Uh, we normal folk go hungry and they, you know, we, they have to hang out, hang, hang on to their millions. Uh, they're the real untouchables in this country, worse than politicians and so and so. What a bunch of, uh, tight gits they are. The more they have, the more they want. So then he, he continues to say that when I hear uh, certain understandable gut reactions of that kind, a few questions come to mind. They're not in any particular order, and I don't know how intelligent they are, but here it goes. The, the directors that the, the directors have a gun to their head when they agreed to the multi million euro salary? Might it be the case that once they realized that they gotten the sums wrong, they blamed it all on the player? Always an easy sacrificial lamb. I don't know if you guys want to go further discussing that, but I think that's that sh- sort of shows what the situation is, kind of.
1: I think I think that's as good a time as ever to get to a couple of the Twitter questions. Because uh because we have one kind of in that in that vein about, Let's who, do gives it. The con- about who gives the contracts and uh they're for Giovanni, but I may have to chime in and give an opinion. No, it's for
2: about- all of us. So let me okay, let me pull them up. You yeah. know. And this boomer over here. <laughs> anyway, so like, first of all, we had, a, <laughs> <laughs> we had a carryover question. It was a deep question from one of our listeners, Arthur Braga, that kind of stumped me. And I think it, it, it needed a little bit more attention in order for, at least for, on my end, to provide like a good answer. But I kind of want to open it. I, I think it needs to be opened up to all of us, right? Because I think... We're all in this together. We're doing this because we're big fans of Juventus. So um, it, 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 let me go with this. So has Juventus and the love you have as a fan for the club played a big role in your personal life or who you became? Um, I really like that question. And I think the biggest thing that I can I can maybe relate to is Juventus's culture of being just – just being the best, but not just being the best, but carrying themselves with with class, right? And I've, I've uh, in, in the way that I do things and I like doing things, whether it's in my profession or when I play sports or when I interact with people, I, I like I like to present myself and treat them the way I, not even the way I'd like to be treated. I don't mean, let me rephrase that. Like I, I have to, I want to treat them equitably because i know that based on the background the way i was brought up and everything that's a classy way to go about things right and then i've always also prided myself in maybe i'm not good at something now but you can bet your ass i'm going to work as hard as possible in order for me to become the best or 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 really 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 get good at it it's that keep on going, fino la fine attitude. And I think that's how Juventus kind of um, influenced me, so to speak. And it's something that I've, I, really, I really, 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 really love about the club, right? Clubs can go up and down. They can have good results. We went down to Serie B. We came back. We had the Del Neri and uh, Alessio Secco period, which wasn't great and whatnot. But the club kept persevering in order to become top again and we've seen it it's been a hard time a lot of uva fans i want to say came post 2006 and maybe post the first year of conte but boy let me tell you the club has seen some bad times and they've always come back to be the best and most hated team in italy so that's my that's my take Opening it up to you
1: guys. I mean, on, on on my end, it's it's a little tough because I'm a little bit younger, and I I think in a lot of ways I'm still growing. I've grown a lot in the past couple of years, but I'm still growing. I'm still coming to full maturity, I guess, as a man. And um, maybe maybe it'd be a little bit naive of me to say that. Yes, you know, I am. I, I I think Yuve has shaped me into the man I am. I think it's. I think I I'm still becoming my own. You know, my my own the my own best version of myself. I guess in a lot of ways, but. I think certainly that there are a lot of admirable things that you does as a club, which I could take with me kind of into, you know, into my, 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 my recent adulthood. And, and, and as I kind of continue to grow, uh, namely, uh, namely the desire to always be the best and to strive for that and, and only that, uh, above all else. So Giovanni, I, I really like your answer, but, um, like honestly, just just on a simple level, just supporting Juve has has given me so much. In that, in, in that, in that, you know, I I I began I began getting um, even more closely in touch with my Italian parents and their lineage. And you know, I'd already I'd already gone back to Italy uh, to visit my family by the time I I I I um, I really began supporting Juve um, as a as a, as a, a little bit more intelligent football fan, I say, I say that, you know, I might've been, you know, tw- 12 years old, you know, I, I, prior to that, it was more just like a, a fascination with Del Piero and Buffon. Um, but all that to say, uh, it, it, it's, it's also given me a lot in terms of just having, having started a podcast and, and, and yeah, but I think, you know, just in general, it really, 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 committing yourself to a club, not just in football, in in any sport I think gives you gives you a lot. I think it changes the way you live. You know, it, it, it there there, their their highs their highs and lows. It's you know in a lot of ways it was it was you know it was it was You don't choose one you, of, it.
0: You've it chooses you.
1: Yeah, and it was and it was one of the, it was one of the most it was one of the first intense romantic relationships I had. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh, along along with the along with the along with my local hockey team. Yeah. Uh, it's a but 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 it's true. Um, What's we we, you know,
0: we have a lot of fans who, who from Canada. What's your favorite hockey team, so they can either love you or hate you?
1: Yeah, a lot, a lot of fans in Toronto who who listen to us aren't gonna like me. Montreal, <laughs> I'm in Montreal. I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan. La Saint Flanelle. Uh, but um, yeah, man. I, I, I have I, no I, but, idea what that means. Well, I, I, I here's the thing. I I do I do think that just supporting sport, uh, excuse me, that supporting sport teams and being involved in sports, having played competitively, I think that's shaped me more as a person. Uh, I you know, for me to say that you me supporting Juve specifically has shaped me as as a man. I don't think I've been with them long enough. I don't think it's been long enough. It's been more of a lifetime for you. It's been about half my life. It's been more than half of your lives. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think that'll change over time, you know, in, in 30 years, I think, I think I'll be able to say it will have changed me even more, but, uh, yeah. I don't know, man, I mean... with
0: all the, with, with, with all the inter little inter love letters that you presented to us today, I wouldn't be surprised in yes. 10 years, in, oh, in 10 years, you'll, you'll be a Mourinho fanboy and, oh, you know, starting a rival I podcast I... about inter. pukeville, pukeville.
1: pukeville Me, you know. I
0: mean, what can I say? Mine is mine is a lot less philosophical than that. Um, I I love where it led me in life. Like I always say, how grateful I am for having this little podcast and having um, having the creative outlet. I, I'm I'm a creative person, and and being a UF fan and being a creative person kind of I decided to merge those two things and bring you guys the podcast. Obviously. Even today, you can tell you you can you can see I'm not the most important part of the podcast. These two guys have kicked ass today, so I thank you guys for for awesome um, discussions. And it did lead me to meeting a lot of people that are associated with UVA. I mean, for, for, for crying out loud, like I met I've met Del Piero, I've met Buffon, Marquisio, and like meeting your heroes and 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 having this Turin Giants clothing line now. Um, yeah, I mean it, it just gave me gave me a chance to express myself creatively if, and 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 just happens to be creatively around Juve. Like I you guys know what I mean, right? It's just like gives me an outlet and, and a hobby and a chance to meet awesome people and um yeah, I've made a lot of friendships that have lasted, you know, double digits now with with Juve fans. So I I am grateful to the team that I was able to meet meet a lot of people I wouldn't otherwise, you know. So. how
1: su- how sweet what 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 a, what a nice sentimental segment that was the great question great question from a great question yeah, from our a listener. Great.
0: great question from Arthur yeah do Arthur, do we have any more questions
2: I, I, yeah we have uh, we' we'll, we'll do a quick run through like I did last time but you know shout out to Arthur we promised we'd hit hit you back on that question and we did all right wait, wait, I, I just received
0: sorry buddy I just received another. Question We can spend literally like a minute on it. Um, but go ahead with yours and I'll read one. I'll read this one after.
2: Boom, boom, boom. Um, quick fire shot. All right, from this one is from DECJ Who should be more criticized for failing to offload players and rejuvenating the squad? I see what you did there Marotta, Paratici, or Nedvid. My answer is. The club strategy. You don't you don't point a finger at one uh, person over another because the way I know Juventus um, works is kind of like it's kind of like a corporation. You have certain people that are delegated certain tasks, but everybody talks to each other and makes decisions. And Nani is part of them as well. I think the strategy that we had was one where we realized that holy crap, we 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 catapulted ourselves after four straight. Uh, Scudetto's into the Champions League final, and we went toe-to-toe with Barcelona, but they had Messi, Neymar, Suarez, and we, we lost. How can we win now? Because once you get a taste of that, everybody, the fans, the club, wanted to win right away, right? That's, we we cannot, as fans, deny that. And so that's what the strategy was. They brought in Kadira, established midfielder that had won. Um, they brought in Evra. They brought in a lot of these more mature players right on freeze and then when you do a free transfer you got to attract them somehow so you pay them heavy wages and so that's what the issue is But i think we've gone over it uh in the in the podcast in a little bit more detail but i think that's i think that's my answer i think it's just a team strategy which i think they've realized now almost 10 years after is something that at this point isn't yielding the fruits that it needs to yield so i think we're going to see that change in the next few years um i agree that's good all right cool boom I... next one um from pete fry are we sure keen couldn't be considered the main striker this season does he just need the confidence and backing of the club we will still have CR7, DiBala, and Kulusevsky, who could play as strikers. If it doesn't work out, this means we could avoid the Suarez drama and focus funds on mids and fullbacks. Okay, great question. Great kind of comment. Also to go on that. Um, here's the thing: the the striker position isn't just like you can't. It's like you can't consider the strike all right. You need sorry. You can't consider it a catch all. Um, I think what they're looking for is a specific type of center forward that can alleviate a lot of the additional burdens of tracking back and defending to, from you know, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and Dybala. Uh I don't think Keane. I wouldn't know. I look. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put all my cheap chips on Keane. Not because I don't think he's got a ton of talent i think he has a ton of talent i really do i think he could blossom into our next striker but you need uh you need the stars to align right you need him to be in a right mental place you need rayola to stay off his back and not fucking blow his head up and you need the the team to trust in him but I don't think he's going to be the main center forward. I think he's going to come back. I hope they bring him back. I think it's needed, but we still need another center forward for the next two years minimum. Then after that, you can draw, you can change your considerations and either, you know, go all in on Keane as if, if his development works or you go for that next big young strike, uh, you know, forward, which who I think is Haaland, but, you know, you got to pay for him. So, um, you guys, what's up?
1: Uh, I actually have a lot to say about this point because the question was, just as a little reminder, do we think, do you think, do I think that Keen could be the solution for us at the striker position? Very straightforward. Um, not such a straightforward answer because of a couple of the things you alluded to, but I'm going to go a step further here and say, I, I actually think the answer is yes, he can be. Um, if I had to put money on it, I would say that he could blossom into an elite striker because even though he had a garbage season at Everton last year, we saw what he could do in Serie A. We saw what he could do at Juventus. Now, forget me, not Iola. Let's put him aside for a second because there's definitely a case to be made that he might be getting a crazy double commission here having sold him to Everton. And maybe if we you know, have success with Keane or if he has success with us back on loan, then we're going to be enticed to, to purchase him back. Um, you know, which which would then be a, another nice little sweet deal for Mino, um, who actually, funnily enough, seems to be lining up either either Keane or Haaland as as an eventual as an eventual uh, as an eventual target for us, um, or as as an eventual big center forward signing. But all this to say, I don't think that the club ever would put all their eggs in the Keen basket because he had a terrible season last year. Because now all of a sudden. His momentum is halted. Now, now all of a sudden it would be a career rejuvenating move. Um, one which I think could benefit all parties involved. One which I think could be very interesting for you because, again, I think he has what it takes. And I'm also not that peeved with the idea that we need a new center forward like a Suarez or a Dzeko because I think that we have Paulo Dibala who can play as a nine. Um, not, in the, not, in, not in the way that Dzeko can, but in the way that Sergio Aguero can. A little bit lower to the ground, a little bit more of a bulldog. Giovanni's Giovanni, saying no, but I think that's where he had a lot. Of... I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't what... see it that, that way.
2: But that's probably a topic for the Max podcast.
1: So for we won't sure, for sure, up. for sure, But 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 DiBala did have a lot of success with Cristiano Ronaldo from the month of June, playing as a center forward, playing off of Cristiano. And we had right wingers in Costa and Benedeschi who are probably going to be who are pro, who are probably a lot less consistent or productive than Kulusevski will be if he pans out. So I wouldn't put Dybala on the right. I think he still has a lot to give down the middle. And if you have Keen as an extra option there, I wouldn't be that I wouldn't be that opposed to it. But obviously there's a, you know, there's a reason why they're why they're trying to go for a traditional big forward. Um it's obviously something that they that they that they want to that they want to play through uh or or play play with to kind of play through and 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 link up with uh link up with Cristiano in the uh in the uh in the final third so uh yeah i don't know if keen offers that but it could be very interesting
2: okay all right next one last two so niket uh i i, I have you... one you
0: you have two because i have, have one as well
2: okay yeah let me uh, we'll, we'll breeze through these ones um niket do you think perhaps will be replaced by caribini not knowing too much about caribini is this a good move seems like Agnelli's cleaning house okay um I'm not sure if Anelli's going to clean house, right? I'd die. But um, uh, as a corporation, you always want to have a certain amount of redundancy in your top-level staff. It's just kind of like, um, it's called succession planning, right? It doesn't mean that it's going to happen. Uh, Paratici is obviously very talented in like finding players. But he's only been in a top executive role, especially public facing in the past, two years not much so he needs to prove himself i think the next 18 months is his prove yourself kind of like period um Carubini though has been with the club for a while and um he's developed the under 23 side and i think he had a hand in developing from a from a talent side, some of the younger uh, teams. So I think naturally, in the mold of trying to build your your executive leadership internally without having to go pick it out from somebody else, um, you I, I, I think I, I think it could be it could be a good move. Who knows? I can, unfortunately I can't tell you much. About Carabini and what he does from a first team standpoint. However, I don't think it's Agnelli, again cleaning house. I think it's more of uh, just Juventus doing
1: some proper succession planning. So. I think, good? yeah, I I think I think that Paratici might be a little bit kind of on on alert uh, after his boy Sadi was sacked. Um, but in terms of the players he's brought in, I think so far so good overall you know maybe a b maybe a b grade uh i think yeah like you said i agree next 18 months are going to be big for him before we can know for sure whether zebra zebra costume
0: i'm telling you (laughs) uh all right last one on my
2: end uh if there was no calciopoli how many champions league titles do you think you (laughs) would have today that 2016 was a monster, and the team would have kept growing and keeping up with the likes of Real Madrid and Is bugs. that yeah. is that okay, from
0: so. dom- is that from Domenico? Domenico, is that, yeah, Domenico. Right. He's a good buddy.
2: Day. Okay, good. So. Um, here's my opinion on this, right? I I I will 100% agree that with the fact that Juventus would have kept up with teams like Real Madrid and Barcelona and I would say Bayern Munich, I think we would have been in a more solid position financially but also from a prestige standpoint, right? And that would have really and, and I think we would have had the Juventus stadium a lot earlier than normal. And I think uh, we would have had a lot stronger influence in some of the serial like league league level decision making in terms of f- like funding and uh tv right remuneration so from that standpoint i think without having calchopoli juventus would w- would have had even a more solid um you know foothold in italy that being said that doesn't necessarily guarantee champions league title because while that team on paper was really good and capello was an excellent coach right on paper we still got bounced from the champions league and the quarterfinals a, a little bit unceremoniously so it, it, it again it goes to show you that you can have a stacked team and not make it to the final and win or you could have, uh, you know, a, a, a team that is worth, uh, you know, a restaurant of 10 euros, like Mr. Conte said, and then Mr. Allegri takes it to the Champions League final. In this Champions League, I tell you, it is the biggest, within the Juve, Ju- Juventus universe, it is the biggest mystery out there. So once we figure it out as a club, I think, I think we have a shot as any to repeat a little bit more frequently than, than we do. Um, so, yeah, that's my last question.
1: Farhad's been patiently waiting to, to fire away his last question
0: here. Yeah,
2: what's your, what's
0: your question? Uh, well, the thing is AJ uh, tweeted at us um, kind of mid-podcast, and I don't want to leave our, leave our guys hanging. So this is kind of what we discussed. Let's just keep it to like a couple of sentences long, the answers. Um, if you were to choose between letting one player go between Ramsey and Candida, which would you choose? For me, I would go with Ramsey, given that he has high wages and a long-term contract. On the other hand, the worst-case scenario for Kadira would be him leaving for free next year.
2: How so? How so? Kadira doesn't cost you anything other than his wages. He came on a free. So, to me, look, Kadira is not part of the Juventus plan going forward lose him just losing ramsey i'll be honest to me is the biggest question mark for juventus from a roster standpoint and and just in general um he's you would think if if they really wanted to get rid of him we would hear a little bit more about it um he like pre-covid he looked like our most reliable midfielder post-covid i he just he was out of form. I I don't know. We'll see. I myself I I like Ramsey personally. I think I like I like Ramsey, and I'd love to see him succeed. But it, it, he really needs to deliver because his wages are really hefty. And if I don't, th- if if he doesn't deliver this season, yeah, he's got to go.
0: Um, I think,
2: uh... But but no, not this season. I say you keep Ramsey because he gives you. A little bit of flexibility if uh, if Pirlo wants to play with a trequartista, so to speak.
1: Make or break season for Ramsey, um, but I'd keep him and get rid of Kedira because Kedira, we've seen what he could do, and it's over. Yep.
0: Playing it something. Anything else, Fahad? Well, to finish out the podcast, first of all, you guys were awesome. I think the audience will agree. Both of you guys will. Both of you guys had a lot, a lot, a lot of information for our listeners, and this is what you get when you tune into the Turin Giants podcast: a lot of information, a lot of interesting takes. So, to finish this off, um, to finish this episode, number one hundred and fifty, by the way, woo, yay! Mm-hmm. Um, we we started with the fact that, and and Sam asked what what the date was exactly. So the date is today. Our friend Z, our unofficial. Turing Giants podcast historian, came through. Literally, we're building the podcast as we go. So here's um, here's his little piece. I know we promised a little bit of a historic perspective every episode. So it's a very fitting tribute since that's how we started. And I have brand new stickers dedicated to literally the man in question. So here it is. On this day in history, 1993, September 12th, 1993, A young man acquired from the club of Padova is subbed in for Juventus in a match against Foggia. At the ripe age age of 18, we didn't know what was in store for us for this young player and our club. That young man was Alessandro Del Piero, a name synonymous with Juventus and one of the most storied talents in Italian football history. Despite manager Giovanni Trapattoni's insistence that he be trained with the senior side, he would ultimately play predominantly with the Primavera squad this year, that year. And with a under 20 Scudetto for Juve, he wasn't done. That didn't stop him from scoring in only his second fixture with the senior side a week later and before long, netting the first of many hat tricks against Parma that very year. We didn't know it then, but it was the beginning of a new era for Juve, an era of worldwide recognition and prestige that our president that are present. Juventus club strives to reclaim for the old lady. Beautifully, beautifully red. Um, should, should we kind of finish up the, the podcast with what the pair meant to us? I mean, uh, personally, and it's...
1: that 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 Z is a poet, man. Uh, I'll I'll probably have a little less to say than you guys because you guys had practically an entire lifetime of watching him. But, I mean, it's fucking Alex Del Piero, man. What more are you going to say? It's Juventus. It's Alex Del Piero. Just saying the two in a sentence together works. It's like peanut butter and jam. Makes sense. Um, just sounds right. And, I mean, again, he's he he and Gianluigi Buffon are two of the reasons why, are probably the two reasons why I fell in love with the club. Farhad has it tattooed on his uh, on his ribs um, after after we got relegated in 2006. Um, he being one of... One of one of the leaders in that dressing room, probably are probably probably the biggest leader, the biggest veteran, biggest star in that team, uh, who could have you know at 32 could have gone anywhere, man. He still had the world at his feet. Just won a World Cup. with Yazuri, uh, one of my best memories of him, by the way, was in that World Cup. Uh, the, the the second the second goal in the Germany semifinal. Alex Del Piero, andiamo a Berlino, andiamo a Berlino, Pepe. Um, great call by Fabio Caressa, but. Yeah, 2006, man. He, he had the world at his feet. Could have gone anywhere, and he uh, he stayed at Juve and claimed, "Un cavaliere non lascia mai una signora." A real, uh, a real knight, a real gentleman never leaves a lady. Signora, of course, being a play on words with la vecchia signora. Mm-hmm. I think, and I
0: since you touched on that, showing that tattoo to Del Piero himself, like he, when I pulled up my shirt and he started reading um he didn't know what to expect but then you can see like I, I like to read people's faces and the way his face was changing was really really cool experience and you know definitely showed him that that uh, even in america man you know we're we're we're, we're representing we die hard over here i mean i mean i mean he was he was technique he was flair
1: he was class um you know and and he was and he was and he was respectful uh and he was elite what more is there to say about alex alpiero
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that beautiful piece, Z uh, Giovanni. Do you want to add anything?
2: Man, I grew up with him. Him and Zidane were my idols. Nedved, so it's you know, it's good. I liked. uh, Look, um, it's a great story. It's a great fairy tale with a some people say bittersweet ending. Um, I I think it couldn't have come at a better... I don't think there could have been a better end to his career at Juventus. He came down to um, to Serie B. He came back up to Serie A with very mediocre Juventus. It would have been sad for him to, to retire um, with a mediocre seventh-place Juventus. Instead, he retired with the Scudetto and providing us, to me... A pivotal goal in securing that scudetto against Lazio with his, with a free kick, which is one of his trademarks. It doesn't get better than that. He scored in his last game against Atalanta at the stadium, and he had literally standing ovations. The entire stadium, forty thousand people, on their feet, crying. Doesn't get doesn't get better than that. Doesn't get better than that. So yeah, it was very poetic to and then- him.
0: He, he's he's so, he's received he's received standing ovations at rival stadium as well i, I don't know if y- younger uva fans might want to youtube his performance at at the bernabeu one of the few players to receive a standing ovation from from home fans from yeah, real madrid, madrid home yeah. fans that was that was just incredible to see um yeah um i by the time you guys listen to this podcast uh the sticker will be on turin uh five dollars free shipping across america um really cheap across europe so check it out it's a, it's a really beautiful um slap them on summer. your laptop
1: slap them on your laptop kiddos
0: man i don't i don't have kiddos any space school. anymore man i got i got let me let me. i got marquisio front and center ronaldo on the right side corner Green giants is- with a skull, Buffon on the top left corner, and uh, something personal on the left. So it's yeah, the the, the stickers, the UV stickers. Uh, are, uh, there's not enough of them, so I, I I did want to dedicate a part of the store to just UV stickers because we have so many talented UV designers working for us. And uh, thank you all. Uh, I think this is a perfect ed- uh, way to end this. Episode number one hundred and fifty. I'm glad we touched on Del Piero. I'm nice glad we long touched one. On everything we have. Yeah, that's what she said. Thank you all for joining us and um, keep listening to us. And guys, uh, this was fun. Season, Forte- season, star- season starts in a week, baby. Rock and roll.
1: Rock yeah, oh, yeah.
0: I, I guess we're gonna have actual uh, games to talk about. And as opposed to, you know, if if Kedito is staying or not, when is the uh, transfer window close?
1: October 5th. October 5th. So we got we got we still got a ways to go here um of of rumors and Three stuff weeks. but at least we'll have a little, we'll little calcio kicking off uh, in a few days. So Forza Juve. Okay, be fine. Guys. Let's... All right, take it easy. Forza Juve guys.